Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the spooktacular October edition of Nick's Nonfiction. Nick Muniz here, breaking John Billman's The Cold Vanish. This guy's going to try to put the fear of God in us today. My overall message, as always, go outside, read a book. But these campfires get spooky, so pull the blanket up over your chin. John Billman, he's going to throw wendigos at us, skinwalkers, rakes. It's going to get ugly. Everybody has a story out there, and if you haven't heard a story, you're not asking enough questions. Sit at a trailhead and start pestering hikers. An open mind is mandatory for today's show. I don't know everything. There you go. I said it. Oh, the book guy. I don't know shit. And guess what? You don't either. Now we could take care of business. Seriously, unless you do your own research, you're just believing one side or the other. That goes for everything. That's the beauty of this show. I'm putting in the research for us. John wrote about this book, quote, It's to learn about what happens when someone goes missing. Braided around the core will be stories of characters who fill the vacuum created by a vanished human being. We'll meet eccentric bloodhound handlers, Duff and R.C., a bunch of good characters in this book. My man knows how to process data. He's a David Pauly's missing 411 character. Maybe we do that on the Patreon for October. You take a metric shit ton of stories and see where the truth overlaps. Nick's nonfiction. <laughs> like, you get quicker at processing the data the more you've heard the stories, a.k.a. your IQ goes up. <laughs> Reading works. Whether you spend your time sifting through nonfiction books or ghost stories, you're going to learn how to sniff out bullshit. Don't rely on me. Don't rely on John to be your bloodhound. You gotta be judge, jury, and executioner. I'm just here to present some data to you guys. He says it's tricky things to write about missing persons because the story is the absence of someone. Avoid. The person is the heart of the story and is thinner than a smoke ring, invisible as someone else's memory. John out here puffing on the Zaza. The bones you dig up are most often metaphorical. The cold vanish is at its core a story of now and tomorrow. Someone will vanish in the wild tomorrow. These are the people who will go looking. What do you call a vanishing fruit? Disappear. <laughs> Rene Descartes walks into a bar. The bartender says, what do you want to drink? Descartes goes, I think not, and then vanishes. I think, therefore I am, motherfucker. Stop thinking. <laughs> you know why I believe in Bigfoot? It's because Bigfoot believes in me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we will be right back. About the author, John Billman. Harry shit on Instagram for all your memely needs. We talk about cryptids over there. Patreon.com slash the niche, pushing the boundaries. I only found two sentences about John Billman online. It was on Random House Publishing. John Billman is a former wildland firefighter and high school teacher. He holds an MFA in fictional in Eastern Washington University. His other book was about werewolves. That's kind of sick. Dogmen we talk about today, maybe. This book is more about the consistencies in disappearances. But I'll cram the cryptozoology in for you all. Check out the Patreon. Fat books. It's about it for Billman. We'll be right back after a meme.
The Cold Vanish by John Billman, Chapter 1, The Olympic Peninsula. Absolute hot spot. We got a decent amount of overseas listeners. We're talking Pacific Northwest here. It's a perpetual temperate rainforest. It's kind of like England. The only EDM song you can't sing. The sun is shining every day. Who remembers that one? Glitch Mob. The sun is shining every day. Get pumped, people. I listen to a lot of these stories. Donovan Dread is a good YouTube page. Uh, they all take place around Crater Lake. Some people think there's like underwater aliens there. Olympic National Park. John begins. Law enforcement search and rescue personnel tend to believe that our world is full of remote places and logic and reason that are at the core of missing persons cases. A very difficult puzzle laid out on a massive table, but there are rules and clues, and the puzzles can be solved. I agree with them most of the time. Well, you guys are into this genre. Off the bat, he's very different than David Pauleads. That guy's a cop, so he's just filling out a crime report. And this guy is saying, in his first paragraph, I've talked to a lot of park rangers. These guys are into a alternative set of logics, a neighboring dimension of reasoning that happens in the woods. Whoa, dude, we're already out there. Billman said he was blackballed from the publishing community in 2017 because of an article with Outside Magazine. <laughs> Outside Magazine, it's based in Boulder. I applied. <laughs> How, of course, I didn't get the job. Who else is better? I'm a freak of nature outside taking time lapses on the top of mountains at 3 a.m. <laughs> and they want these fucking boulder soft nerds writing their magazine. Don't support them. South Colorado hiker went missing. He was talking about... You can't discuss missing persons in the wild without broaching the subjects of conspiracy theories and the paranormal. I mean, <laughs> these motherfuckers that interviewed me... They believed in a white man in the sky with a robe on. You believe in your own conspiracies is all I'm trying to say here. My cute bit there, it's a faulty premise. Faith is usually a good sign of an open mind. But these people are believing. I'm throwing a duality at you here. Belief is with your brain. When you believe in something, you've come to a conscious conclusion. Like, I read too much. It's hard to believe in the unknown. Oh, just believe in aliens, man. This is where faith comes in. It's a feeling. Belief is with your brain. Faith is a feeling. What do you feel? I don't care about what you motherfuckers think. What do you really feel? Yeah, reading. Oh, what's in your mind? No, what's in your heart, son? I don't rationally think that Bigfoot is going to stumble around my campfire, but honestly... When I'm out there at night, I kind of feel a little bit weird. <laughs> you can't put feelings into word words. Do you believe in ghost stories, Jack Sparrow? Okay, let's get to the peninsula. In early April of 2017, a young touring cyclist named Jacob Gray stepped off his bike and disappeared in the northern district of the Olympic National Park. In northwestern Washington, what ensued was a mystery that echoed other classes that I'd researched. Cases. You always got to watch out when it echoes. That's what I'm saying. The overlaps. The dinks. Oh, it's just a coincidence. <laughs> Sometimes it is. 
Quote, the two would sometimes sleep on the beach, Jacob and his dad, with no sleeping bags, watching the sunset curled up in the sand, sea turtles until dawn. This is something that I learned this summer. The cowboy camp taking the tarps off. You feel like you're being watched from every single direction. But you gotta say, fuck it, I'm a human, I'm an apex predator, this is where I'm sleeping. There's levels to this shit, man. Jacob went for his early bike ride. He posted on social media, nobody look for me, going for a routine bike ride. Quote, car and truck traffic is light on Highway 101 at night, so it's logical that no more than a couple motorists reported seeing a young man. On Friday, April 7th, just before 9 a.m., Ranger Ray arrives at the bike. No cyclist. No anyone. The four arrows are still there, stuck in the ground. No sounds but the rush of Soldu River and spring birds. You could lie in the middle of the road, and it's more likely you'd die of cold exposure before getting run over by a car. That could be a pretty heinous explanation for a hit and run. This guy froze to death. I'm not drunk. Rangers perform what's called a hasty search. Jacob's body is missing. Yeah, let's give him a hasty search. Some search and rescue personnel hate the term hasty search, preferring to call it a reflex phase. Hasty implies half-assed, a lazy afterthought. At any rate, rangers don't find anything other than the bike, trail, and gear. There's some funny search terms. John was bringing up probability of success. POS for short. So the closer you get to the 48th hour, the lower your POS is. Quote, but what nags at the rangers is the positioning of the bike, trailer, the gear. Nothing is locked up or secured. Before you went for your midnight hike, you would think you tucked away all of your items. It seems like a dead end here for the rangers. They call in Detective Ray. Ray finds some iodine tablets good for emergency water purification, but figures that cyclist would have a water-filled bottle, which was not there. Logic points him towards the river 20 yards or so away. It makes sense that the cyclist bushwhacked to the river for water. He assumes the cyclist slipped on a rock and ended up in the cold, swift current. He hit his head on a rock and became unconscious and drowned. There you have it, detective on the case experienced hiker hits his head on a boulder and drowns in two inches of water case closed there's hundreds of these stories dude (laughs) the dad starts chiming in this is more likely he got eaten by a mountain lion or a black bear wouldn't his remains be there (laughs) what the heck is this theory from the detective randy the dad said to the detective Maybe he hitched a ride up to the lodge where he could soak his damp body and bones and dry out his bike. Sorry, old man. Case closed. The response was actually, We park rangers see the full spectrum of human behavior. Oh, so you guys are psychologists. I'm not allowed to ask you questions. How dumb am I? This guy's son just died, and he's not allowed to... (laughs) It's possible Jacob decided bike touring is not for him, or met someone interested and caught a lift to Seattle. The dad's like, we biked around America. This guy wouldn't have left his bike. Randy's freaking out here. He's going to touch back in this story at the end. Randy's like, no, my son did not join a traveling band and move to Portland. Quote, the bike trailer and gear along the Soldu River is now what searchers call the LKP. 
last known position. Like the rangers, they make up all these cool military sounding terms. They don't know shit. Bro, I'm still getting phone calls from Rocky Mountain National Park. Failing to respond to this phone call will be looked at unfavorably. Whoa, did you pull out a thesaurus for that one, big man? <laughs> they have all of these veiled threats. You're a park ranger, buddy. You can't come to my house and arrest me. Come try. Yeah, I might be banned from Rocky Mountain National. <laughs> Let's go to chapter two, Wyoming. <laughs> this chapter was geeking me off, off the bat. Geeking me off. <laughs> Pull it together. He started out about Aaron Schrodinger. Oh my God. You know how I feel about Schrodinger. This tickled my funny bone because he's talking about Wyoming. The running joke is that Wyoming doesn't exist. So what Schrodinger would say, Wyoming only exists when you are observing Wyoming. Some stupid shit he's trying to tie into his book. Well, technically the person is both dead and alive in the period of search. And you know, after like 72 hours, the cops always just say, yep, they're dead. So then that closes the loop, man. He's getting super hippie. You have to... Bro, whether it's Jesus or Bigfoot, like I'm saying, it's about an open heart faith. <laughs> you have to have that mind to be on that frequency. Like, when I go camping, man, I do not ask for this. UFOs, Bigfoot, that shit does not cross my mind. I'm like, I'm trying to heal out here, see some nature, pack in, pack out. These motherfuckers who are out there Bigfoot hunting, you're going to see what you want to, and it's going to scare you. And, like, those guys never go into the woods again when you watch those shows. He scared me out. You lost what you loved in search of the worst part of it. To ground this rant, because I am sounding super pseudoscience saying Bigfoot, this is what they want you to believe, bro. It's called super positioning. The person is both dead and alive until we find the body. Science truly believes that if you go into the woods and you don't tell somebody, you can hop dimensions. Super positioning. They're saying it without saying it. I've researched it. Pocket dimensions. Quantum super positioning. We don't understand it yet, but they're admitting you can fucking go somewhere else. What the hell? I don't even know if I believe it because that sounds like Scientology. Quote, in 2017... I wrote a feature story for Outside Magazine called Leave No Trace, in which I was challenged by my editor to come up with a number representing just how many people are still missing out there in the wild. Neither the United States nor Canadian governments are keeping track. <laughs> this is one of the funniest parts in the Paul Leeds books. He goes, so I've heard of, it was actually at Rocky Mountain National, and they refused to give him a list of all the missing people, but they did give him an itemized receipt of their toilet paper usage. So yes, the National Park wants you to believe that they keep tighter track of toilet paper rolls than missing people. Oh, we don't keep track of that. They're liars. They lied to me. They said they wanted to talk to me about cats. You want to arrest my ass. Fuck them! They're hiding things. The Department of the Interior, he continues, which oversees the National Park Service, doesn't seem to know. Same with the Department of Agriculture and the U.S. Forest Service. So Billman thinks it's bigger than all of them. Some men in black action. And this isn't getting anywhere close to the Bureau of Indian Affairs. 
Indian reservations have an epidemic of people, especially women, gone missing. So if you guys don't want to go that far, then I could just turn to... <laughs> there was a story I read about MS-13. They had a gang inside of like the San Padre National Forest, and they captured people for human trafficking. This could be the media trying to scare you, but yet people definitely get captured. Sorry. Yeah, scary stuff. Still, go outside. Strap up. Protect yourself. You ever see that movie Wind River? It's pretty new. Jeremy Renner is the star. It's about a Native American girl going missing. The one scene that I really remember from this movie. The Wyoming police have a standoff with the oil security forces. Because, you know, it's private land, so who has jurisdiction here? And the cops get in a shootout with this private security force. I believe this is the true aspect of the backwoods, man. Like, I've seen some forbidden water tables that are barbed wired off in the backwoods. Who the fuck owns this and why? I want to sneak past some of the... I need to invest in a military ghillie suit <laughs> and start doing some real missions into these facilities. Yes. <laughs> He drops a Virginia Woolf quote here. On the outskirts of every agony sits some observant fellow who points. So poignant. He comments on David Pauly's work here mid-chapter. Unique factors of disappearances list such recurring characteristics as dogs unable to track sense. The time of day, a popular, is like 4 p.m. Many victims are found without clothing and footwear removed. Even when hypothermia has been ruled out, severe weather often coincides with the disappearance at the beginning of the search. So those are some of the congruencies you see across stories that he cross-referenced with Paul Eats. Did you guys see this summer Nope, the new Keegan Peel movie? It's about UFOs, and this guy understands all the dynamics. Spoiler alert! At the end, he's trying to say that UFOs are autonomous entities they can take the form of a flying disc or they could be a cloud dude i felt like i've been followed by clouds i'm crazy definitely check out the movie though nope summer of 1997 john was in search of amy betchel up in wyoming quote my white toyota tercel wagon is parked by the side of the road where the loop road splinters into sinks canyon central wyoming the final words from Amy was a to-do list. This was her LKP, I suppose. Quote, 24 years after her disappearance, plus 19 years, fuck off. He's going back to try to re-update the story. Quote, Wyomingites are fond of describing their state as America's biggest small town. He's saying even 20 years later, everybody's still looking out for Amy Betchel. It's one of these stories she was camping up on a ridge. They found her body down through the valley and up on the other side. She's naked. Who the hell goes hiking midnight naked? I'm starting to think people get possessed out there. Small town backstory. Yeah, Wyoming is the biggest small town in America. That's a great quote. Lander is the name of this climbing community that forms up around where she went missing. And John just keeps going back there. 
yeah, there's no satisfying end to any of these stories. It's an open loop. <laughs> the cops etched into stone her death certificate that she was murdered by an active serial killer from Greeley, Colorado. That's right, Amy Betchel was killed by a serial killer 300 miles away. I'll say it, bro. That's what serial killers were. Go back and listen to the Chaos book. Psyop! Let's go to chapter three, Pacific Crest Trail. Picking up the pace. Chris Sherpa Fowler, a thru-hiker, went missing somewhere on the Washington section of the Pacific Crest Trail six months before Jacob disappeared. Great. So we can box both of these guys into another serial killer because it was so close together. In Washington, there's this lady, Sally the Tracker. This is when it starts to get good. She once found a missing hiker three years later in Mexico. Better than a bloodhound, better than Paulie's Sally is going to take on the Chris Sherpa Fowler case. Authorities show up, give her the LKP, declare... Chris never made it out of the White Pass. There was an epic storm. He was worn down to the point of being ill. He succumbed to hypothermia and made characteristic stumbling circles in the snow. Case closed. This was Psychic Sally's interpretation of the crime scene. Chris had packed the book Wanderer, Sterling Hayden's 1963 memoir about wandering away from the rutted life. Sherpa had recently divorced. He didn't have a career. He had been dragging his heels on the last leg of the Pacific Crest Trail journey, trying to avoid going back to life. She's more of a detective. She's looking at the books in his bag and all that. She's trying to understand the mindset of a hiker. I was talking about serial killers. That's the whole mind hunter thing. You gotta think like the killer to be the killer. A cop isn't gonna find a hiker. <laughs> It's two different mindsets. Quote, you have to hope until there's no hope, and we don't know until we know. Never lose hope. You got to Schrodinger yourself into success. My dreams are still alive until I confront them. <laughs> she says, I sure hope he's out there still walking around in a daze somewhere growing broccoli. <laughs> well, he joined a commune. Bro, I've come across some sketchy ranches. <laughs> the cops, they start interrogating Sally. They think she knows something that he doesn't. So the cops are turning on her going, So are you feeding all these hikers into your hippie commune? She's like, I'm not hiding some underground ring. Cops are sniffing up the wrong tree. Quote, the 12 tribes cult have a deli right across the street from where the hikers end up. That's the pattern the cops are seeing. There is... Bro, the 12 Tribes cult, they have the Yellow Deli in Boulder. I've been there for research purposes. I went there once and I felt like I was being watched over. Like I was in my tent in the middle of the night. <laughs> Jesus, bro. I think they just fet out people that don't have families in Boulder. That's what they are. They're the Amish, but for like lonely people or some shit. You hear some gross stories. They sexually abuse women. The 12 tribes cult stay away. All of these hippie bullshit cults stay away. Bro, the Rainbow family came to Colorado this year. These people are nuts. This was the best quote from the chapter. 
The authorities think the Pacific Crest Trail attracts risk takers. But what really happens is all the dirt that comes with the real world comes off with the Pacific Crest Trail. The longer you hike the trail, you'll realize the cops aren't out here to protect me. The rangers don't give a fuck if I go missing. <laughs> like, we have enough resources, LIDAR, infrared to look for missing people. We don't give a fuck about you. The trail wipes all this dirt out of your eyes. You start to see the truth. Loneliness is a big part of this journey. So this fucking hippie chick is going... By the time this kid was at the end of the trail, he was saying, so I could just say I went missing and abandoned my life? Yo! I'm moving to Mexico. I'm going to fish on a beach forever. <laughs> what do you guys think? <laughs> or what would you rather? Sherpa is on some broccoli farm with creepy hippies or he's fishing for tuna in the pacific or he's dead <laughs> we started with schrodinger on this one he's got this buddha kind of quote that i like of his the present is the only thing we know has no end yeah man except for when you die some truth in there chapter four mount rainier this chapter gets paranormal. Quote from another one of these authors, Chris Alsberg. The inclination to believe in the fantastic may strike someone as a failure in logic or gullibility, but it's really a gift. Imagination. I think it's an amount of research, bro. <laughs> You'll get over the I know everything phase. The fun phase is when you realize we know nothing. John Billman's looking for Jacob still. Comes in contact with another mystic chick. And this one is even better at locating people. She's a Native American. He starts calling her A. I know this sounds crazy, and I don't want to give you any false hope, but I feed a family of Sasquatch in the Washington State Wilderness. One of them sent me a telepathic message and told me his name and showed me Jacob Gray was alive. Yo, this mystic is talking to Bigfoot. Let's go! John was saying, <laughs> gullibility. You gotta believe for it to be fun. Paul Leeds actually called him out for this part of the book. David Paul Leeds was saying, you're giving a bad name to researchers. You can't put Bigfoot in your book. Meanwhile, Randy, Jacob's dad, he's like, I'll try anything. I'll talk to the Bigfoot lady. I want to find my son. Here's John Billman firing back at Paul Leeds. He's a well-lubed marketing man, and from what I can glean, doesn't directly give back or help research. His contribution to the underworld of the missing would be awareness. He's certainly a provocateur, at times a carnival barker, and a disruptor of the National Park Services. Ooh! This guy knows more than I do on the thing. I'm not falling into belief here, but you can see when you read both the books, David Pauleeds is holding back. <laughs> so this is probably what Pauleeds would like to say. Quote from John Billman in Mount Rainier. Mount Rainier. I'm dyslexic. Like some sort of drug deal where the drug is Bigfoot information, we plan to meet A. In the parking lot of Rocky Point Recreation Area on Adler Lake, a pulls up. She's wearing a cap that says, Bigfoot doesn't believe in you either. 
She seems shaken. Back at the general store, Elb, there was a white van, a couple of Amish-looking women, and a punk rock girl. It was strange, A says. They were cult members. Something wasn't right. I got a bad feeling. <laughs> Bro, you drive through towns like Ward. Everyone's on meth in the backwoods of America. <laughs> Quote, A builds a fire in a fire pit. She cracks a beer, and we wait for dusk. When she says the Bigfoot family sneaks through the weeds to feed on the apples and powdered donuts she leaves in a hanging feeder that doubles as a bird feeder. You heard it here first. Sasquatch likes donuts. They don't catch any Bigfoot. But up the hill, they start hearing some tree knocking and seeing some shaking. Who, why would that happen exactly when they're looking? I'm not saying Bigfoot's real. Final quote, searching for a missing person after the first week is a believer's game. <sighs> Chapter 5, Olympic National Park. About a week after Jacob went missing with his bicycle, a textbook survival story took place in Olympic. On her 71st birthday, Port Angeles residents Sejan Gear and her Chihuahua Terrier mix Yoda went hiking toward Obstruction Point with the mission of spreading the ashes of her husband, 43 years Jack. She told the Daily News, I was going to go for a short walk, find a nice place with flowers to scatter the ashes. She told Jesse Major of the Peninsula Daily News, I scattered his ashes and everything went fine. But I couldn't find my way back to the road. She's about to spend a week in the wild. The first two nights, she slept under a rotting log. Quote, On the third day, she built a shelter by piling branches onto two fallen logs and plugging gaps with moss. Jir ate pine needles, and both she and Yoda munched on insects and drank from a creek. She was dressed only in a Hawaiian shirt and capri pants with nothing to start a fire. At night, tempers dips into the 40s. She spooned Yoda for warmth. On July 23rd, a helicopter from Northwest Helicopters in Olympia was requested by the park to fly the area. Gear was spotted in a clearing as she walked through a creek at 4.20 in the afternoon. Nice! When I met you in the summer. 4.20, man. So they'll send out choppers for a missing woman, not for Jacob on his bike. She was 72, let her go. If you're Gabby Potato, they'll send out an entire nationwide search for you, put you on the news. Be hot, that's the message. Months later, they find Jacob's freshly frozen body in an area that was covered by a foot search party. Damn, all of this took place in the time that Jacob was still missing. And he was found in a place that they already looked. I don't know how you explain that. Quote, lost person behavior holds that most adults tend to go down when lost in the mountains, but Randy's hunch early on was right. Jacob would have gone up. Families, friends, others wonder if Jacob could have been found alive in Olympic National Park if officials had gotten a helicopter in the air and dogs in the backcountry within days of finding the abandoned bike. That's what I said before. You'll realize on the trail they're not looking for you. Be a hot girl. The remains were found on a treeless ridge. So this has some high abduction potential if you like those stories. 
yeah, bro, like, why would he go up there without his shoes in the middle of the night? Oh, he's up there to watch the sunset, Nick. And then he just forgot to climb down to his shelter and froze to death. I'm so dumb. It's even less believable than what the original cop said. (laughs) He hit his head and drowned in two inches of water. What are we doing? All they do is lie. Quote, I think there's more evidence in the fossil record that Bigfoot could exist than proof that physics can see missing persons. But I respect that people who believe they're helpful. (laughs) That's a Chad quote from fucking John Billman. Yeah, I mean, you have some fossil evidence. What does the physics say? How did we not find this guy? They chain-linked their arms and walked to the exact area. There are so many of these cases where the people show back up in that area. It's because Bigfoot took them to another dimension. We got one more quote on this bad boy. The other thing I can't vanish from my mind is a thing Randy said in the shadow of Mount Rainier. A thing he said to A, the Sasquatch feeder. We were sitting in the lawn chairs on a damp evening around a small fire, waiting for the Sasquatch to come grab some donuts and maybe tell us what happened to Jacob. I've hiked more miles in the last two years than the rest of my entire life, Randy said. It's a sad hike, but it's a beautiful one. Ends it on a cliffhanger. Jacob frozen dead on the edge of a cliff. People, go down this rabbit hole. It's not too spooky. It's not too disheartening about global control. These are the type of mysteries that'll teach you how to crunch data and think critically. Call out some bullshit. I love it. Thank you, John Billman. David Paulides, I got your number. There you guys have it. The cold vanish. Let me know what y'all think. There's safety in numbers. Get out there while you still can. The weather's a little bit warm. What do we got coming next week for the Knickers? Oh, baby. Michael Lewis back for the three-peat with the big short. Michael Moneybags Lewis. We've had Liar's Poker. We've had Moneyball. This is his best book. Brad Pitt took it to the big screen. This is probably going to end his stint on the show. I'll make it as digestible and fun as we can. It's about the 08 bank crash. Thank you guys for tuning in to another edition of Nick's Nonfiction. I'm your host, Nick Munez. Check out Harry Schwant over on Instagram. It's a fun follow. The stories are better than the memes. And patreon.com slash the niche if you need a little bit more sugar. Get a random soundboard effect to take this spooky one home. Do you see the truth? Are you awake yet? There it is. The cold vanish. I love you guys. Nick Muniz signing off. I'll see you all real soon. The tubers. Peace.